Welcome to Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. I'm your host, Eric L. Dunavant, the Mindset Disruption Strategist and President and CEO of Paradigm. My teams and I redefine success for purpose-driven families and businesses by challenging social norms and balancing family and finance to build kingdom impact and generational prosperity. I believe that there are families and businesses that have learned to give a new definition to the word success from a kingdom perspective. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the next 20 to 30 minutes where we take traditional thinking and turn it upside down. Welcome everyone. This is Eric L. Donovan, the Mindset Disruption Strategist. We are here for another episode of Redefining Success. And joining me today is Brian Clayton, the CEO and co-founder of GreenPal. And the more that I look into this, the more fascinated I am by what he has built in the lawn care industry. And I think even beyond that, I'm going to let him kind of tell the story of what he's doing. But Brian, thank you so much for being on the show. Hey, Eric, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So my first question is always the same, and then we'll kind of dig into to what you've got going on with Green Pal and the other things going on in your life. But um, it's a Saturday afternoon. I've got the barbecue grill fired up. I've invited all my friends over. My listeners are my friends. Would you please introduce yourself to my friends? Yeah. Hey, what's up, Eric's friends? How you doing? <laughs> <My> name- <laughs> None of you know me, but my name is Brian Clayton, and uh, currently I'm CEO and co-founder of a mobile app called Green Pal. It's kind of like Uber, but for lawn mowing services. Uh, outside of that, I really like to travel. I really like exercise, physical fitness, things like boxing, we tie boxing. Mm. Um, I, I enjoy hanging out with family, and it's great to be here at the barbecue. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> hey, Brian, I, what, I, I like to start with this, and we'll kind of see where the conversation goes. What are you passionate about today? What I'm passionate about today is my business. My business is me. I am my business. That's the way it's always been for me in my life, the last 23 years of, of, of building companies. And so what I'm passionate about is growing the footprint of GreenPal, getting more people to use the, the, the platform, and helping more small business owners grow their little lawn mowing business. That's why we do what we do. We connect consumers with people that need lawn mowing services and we help those lawn mowing services grow their small business. And so every day we get stories of, Hey, because of green pal, I was able to put a down payment on a house or I was able to mm. buy a riding lawn mower instead of having to push a mower all day. Or I was able to put a kid through college. And that's a lot of fun. Uh, it's really why I get out of bed in the morning is to help these folks double and triple their business in the first year and kind of be, you know, kind of like be a little coach in a box for them. Mm. Mm. So where was this birthed out of? You had to tell me kind of where this comes from. How do you come up with this idea and, and kind of what's been the journey so far? Yeah. So Green Pal's a 10-year overnight success. It started about <laughs> a decade ago, uh, very humbly in my hometown of Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, my two co-founders and I uh, started working on this app. And now it's nationwide in the United States, around 300,000 people using the app. Wow. Uh, but but uh, where did it come from? Where did I get this idea? 
before I started GreenPal, I actually had a landscaping business. And I, I believe when you're starting a new company, authenticity can be a competitive advantage. And for me, I spent 15 years in the, in the lawn care industry. I started mowing grass in high school as a way to make extra cash and then, and then paid my way through college mowing yards. And, and uh, when I graduated college back in 2003, I had to make a decision. Was I going to go into the job market? Uh, and take a pay cut or stick with this little lawn mowing business wow. I had. Yep. And so I made a little business plan, what I learned in business school, and uh, ended up building a pretty large landscaping company, uh, built up a, a business to over 150 employees, uh, one of the larger landscaping businesses in the southeastern United States, and uh, got it over eight figures a year in revenue. And then in 2013, that business was acquired by a national company in the, in the industry. And so <laughs> after that, I took some time off. Learned a lot about myself, learned about what makes me tick, what makes me happy, what my purpose is. And I thought, well, I need another project. I want to get back in the game. It'd be fun to start a tech company. And I was kind of naivete as an asset. I didn't really understand how challenging it would be, but got two co-founders uh, to join, join the, uh, the mission with me. And we started working on the business and haven't looked back. So what has been maybe some of the biggest, so when you, when you start this out, you're going to do a tech company. Um, I'm going to imagine it's your background that leads you back. I mean, what gave you the idea to to start green? I, I get going into the tech industry, but like Green Pal specifically, this idea of kind of, of bringing together the, the the lawn care services with the people who need it. Yeah, for me, it was uh, it was it was like it was just obvious. It was in my face because I spent 15 years in this business and and uh, every day running that that the the larger landscaping business that I had, we would get phone calls from people desperate for us to come take care of this chore for them. And we no longer did those residential small mm. jobs. And so we would refer them out to, to other small service providers in the community. So in effect, we were kind of this connector service already. And then I saw what Uber, Airbnb were doing kind of at the time, 2013. Uh, they were making these real world experiences as easy as pushing a button. And I thought somebody's going to build this for, for the, the, the lawn care industry. It might as well be me. Mm. And that naivete is what got me in the, into the game. Um, I didn't understand how hard it was going to be. And, uh, and uh, there's a Steve Jobs quote where he says, uh, you know, once you realize that, that uh, life is, is, is so much bigger than you ever imagined and it's, and it's built by people no smarter than you, mm. you will never see the world the same way. And that's kind of the, the, the chip on my shoulder I had. I thought, well, if they can do it, I can do it. And uh, yeah. it was good that I had that, that naivete because if I had known how challenging it would have been, I never would have tried it. <laughs> but, uh, but it took us a few years to get some traction, a few years to get some momentum, but, but we stuck it out. Luckily, we did because now, now the business is, is running well. It's working. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so the name of the show is Redefining Success. I'd love to just kind of hear along the way, maybe your first business or even kind of you've been building this one. What do you feel like some of the biggest obstacles that you've faced and kind of learned what success really is along the way? Yeah, I, lo I love the idea of redefining success. I think, I think your uh, maybe your motive or your purpose or your goals or your idea of success evolve along the journey of building and, and growing a business. And I think that's part of like you as the founder, your personal evolution, you know, because mm. you should be evolving. One of the best things you can do with a with your life is start a business because it's going to cause you to grow. It's mm. going to cause you to mature. It's going to cause you to learn virtues like humility and, and uh, leadership and, you know, learn skills like management and learn, learn how to do the things you got to do to grow the business. And so if you're doing a business correctly or even trying to, 
you as a person should evolve into a completely new person every two or three years. And that's one of the cool things, 22 years now in business, I've noticed every two or three years, I've evolved into a whole new person because the business is requiring that of me. And along with that is, well, what do I even think success is? Mm-hmm. And, and what am I doing this for uh, should evolve. And, and so, and it's okay, I think, for it to evolve. In the early yeah. days, when I started my first company, it was very much about me. I had a chip on my shoulder. You know, I, I wanted to prove that I could do it. I wanted to prove to my family that I could do it. The, you know, I was a young kid. So the, so the, the kids that picked on me in high school, uh, I wasn't the popular kid. You know, I wanted to prove to them that I could have a successful business. So it's very much about me. That's why I, I did it. And, uh, and that fueled me to, to, to hustle up, you know, my first hundred K a year in revenue, then 500 K a year in revenue, maybe then a million in revenue. And then, and then after I started getting some employees and some team members, maybe four or five employees, I started to realize, whoa, this isn't about me. This is mm-hmm. about now I've got four or five families that depend on this thing. And this is a big weight that I'm carrying. And I better not screw this up. I better come in on a Saturday. I better come in on a Sunday afternoon and, and look at the books and, and figure out if I'm making money or not. Or I better figure out how I can grow this business. So so this guy that just, just it took, it took a leap of faith to join the mission with me has an opportunity to grow. And so and so after I started getting employees and grew it from five to 10 to 50 to over 100 employees, I started to realize it's not about me. It's about the people that depend on the business and the people that, that, that put their faith in me to, to help take them where they're trying to get to. That's what, what success is. And, and, and the funny thing is, is if you look at it that way, everything else follows. You know, the business is growth, the business is profitability and, and, and all the rest of it. And, uh, and so now, and so when I sold that business, uh, that was missing, it was gone. And so, and so I had to start another business to kind of put that back in my life. So it's funny how, how success evolves as you're growing a company. And if you're, if you're putting your soul into it, who is your, um, target market from a business standpoint for green pal, who's like the best person that typically partners with you? Yeah. You know, when it's funny that evolves, you know, your idea who your target customer is should evolve along with the business. And for us, we really have two customers. We have homeowners that need to get this chore done mm-hmm. and lawn care services that, that want that business, that want to grow their business um, and are, are hungry. And so for us, when we first started, we thought we were building a luxury service, something mm-hmm. that you know higher-end clientele would use to make their life more convenient. But then as we started growing, we started realizing, no, this is for the working mom. This is for the dual, how, dual income household who don't have time to spend two hours mowing their yard, but don't want to spend a hundred dollars either. They want to spend 30 or $40. So figuring out a way to make it more efficient, drive the costs down, make it more convenient to order the service uh, is, is, is what we started keying in on. And so that's really who our, who our ideal customer is. It's basic service every week, every two weeks, doesn't want to spend a fortune, doesn't want to get ghosted by the lawn care guy, which happens all the time. That's who our target market is. And then on the, on the supplier side, it's your smaller mom and pops, one man operators, one woman operators who just want to work hard and make a good living in this industry. Well, so what the, the reason I ask this question, I'm fascinated by, I mean, you look at what Uber and the delivery services and things like that have done for almost entrepreneurship, like helping people really realize their own ability to creating this kind of, I guess they call it the gig economy or whatever, but I, I've never thought about it inside of the lawn service business. So are you seeing more people kind of come in and see the opportunity to do this because of what you're creating in GreenPal? 
Absolutely. And that's why we do it. That's why we do what we do because nobody teaches us how to run a small business. Mm. Nobody teaches anybody what it means to run a reliable, successful business, much less service-based business. And so it's our job to lower all of those barriers to entry, to demystify all of that and say, hey, you want to work hard. Um, you, you've got a little bit of equipment. It will take care of everything else. Here's all the lawns that you could ever want to do. Get mm. paid in the same day or next day. We organize it all in one nice package for you every day. All of your stuff is in one place. All of your books, all of your customer relation management, wow. everything's in one place. So now all you have to do as a business owner is just show up on time, do a good job, make sure your customers are happy. That's it. Everything else is handled for you. And so that allows, enables people to get into the business for themselves mm-hmm. rather than working a job somewhere where they don't have agency over their life. And that's really what we, what we love about running the platform is, is to help these folks grow their business. And then, you know, zooming out and you say, well, you know, is Uber good for small business or is Uber bad for small business or apps like Uber? My, my position would be it, it's, it's great for, for small business owners. Yeah. Here's why. Because you can have agency over your life, how much you want to work, where you want to work, et cetera. But also just your participation in a platform or app or economy like this can help you start a small business. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of times when you're starting a business, you don't have, you can't, you know, you can only grind like in the nights and weekends or something like that. Uber helped us start our business when we were first getting going. Uh, we didn't, we didn't put a, put any of our, we put our, a little bit of our own money on this thing, but it had to kind of, it kind of had to kind of sing for its supper. And so one of my co-founders actually drove for Uber nights and weekends because he figured out he didn't know how to code, but he figured out if he if he could drive for Uber and make thirty dollars an hour, he could pay a developer in 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 mm. India or 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 Pakistan thirty dollars an hour to code. And so that's what he did. He drove for Uber and changed hour for hour uh, yeah. for for software development. So I think I think these apps are great for small businesses. I think the thing that um, that you just said. The- Here's what gets me excited. One of my one of my passions is about helping to alleviate poverty in areas. But the, mm. the thing that I see most common is that in alleviating poverty, the challenge is a lack of hope. So you feel stuck, like you feel like you can't break out from that. And what I love about what you're creating, and I'd love to just kind of see if you've seen some of these stories, is hope comes from possibility. So you guys are lower. And, and I think that it's in creating business that we even, I think business owning a business and running a business is the path to hope for a lot of people. Yep. Um, because especially in a poverty community, if you can begin to start a business and make money, then you can look to hire the people who also live in the community and you start raising everybody up to that possibility. Are you guys seeing some of that as you go out and grow this app around the country? Absolutely. And, and it's, and it's kind of your, uh, your marginalized people in life who maybe didn't have the same opportunities as really I did, you know, or, yeah. or, or, you know, it, they didn't have access to college or didn't have access to, to uh, other possibilities that, that I may have been privileged with. I think in life, you know, every decision you make is based off of something, something you've already done or something you've seen. Mm. And, and if you haven't done anything around starting a business or even seen somebody in your family or community ever do it, then a lot of times it can just be inaccessible to you. And so sure. It's our job to to lower the barriers to that and to provide the evidence of, hey, here's a single mom in Atlanta who who started off with a push mower mm. who's, on our, who's on our app mowing five yards a week 
And now she's doing over $700,000 a year in revenue through our platform and has five employees. Is that so, right? Yeah. And, and not only like making that help, help, because she's the one that did it, but help making that possible, but then showcasing that and, and, yeah. and, and, and help, helping her tell her story so other people can see that and, and say, hey, you know, I know it's not going to be easy, but, but that could be a lane for me. I could ha have my own service business. And so that's really why we exist. It's a nice convenience for consumers. We give them a high five, but we try to give service providers a hug and help mm. them really improve their station in life. It's a lot of fun. So when you started this, was that the vision or has that become the vision as you've watched it launch? I was and probably still am that guy or, or gal. Uh, I am that, that service professional. That's who I, that's who I grew up to, uh, in, it be, you know, living that life every day. So that's really who we solved for day one. There, there's been, you know, there's probably been 12 or 13 different Uber for lawn care companies to try mm. this in the last 10 years. And we're the only one that still exists that, that helps service providers grow their business on top of uh, a technology. And so that's why we solved for that day one. And we still solve mm. for that today because we believe if we can help small business owners make more money faster, quicker, uh, keep more customers, yeah. uh, get more customers and keep those customers that are successful follow. And, that, and that's kind of how we, how we uh, orient the business. There's a Tony Robbins quote that if you can, I think he stole it from somebody else, but if you can help other people become successful, you will be successful. And that's kind of how we look at it. How do you get the word out? to your target audience of the, of the service provider. I, I can understand maybe I'm more interested in the service provider of this again, because when I think of our show redefining success, I mean, you truly are providing a path of community to redefine success for these people and, and a direction to do that. So how are you, how are you getting the word out to them? Yeah, it's a great question because a, a lot of app ideas kind of exist and a lot of people have ideas for new apps and I, and I get people asking my opinion on their ideas all the time. And, and what I tell them is, is like the idea is, is half the battle or, or just what problem you're solving is half the, half the battle. The other half of the battle and probably even more important is how are you going to market it? How are you going to distribute it? How are you going to get it, get it in the hands of people who need it? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can't just answer that question with, oh, Facebook ads or Google ads or, or whatever, because you'll, you'll never be able to, you'll never be able to afford that. It just, the, the economics never work out. And so, and so for us, like half the battle is how do we get it into the hands of, of consumers that need it? How do we get it into the hands of service providers? And we tackle that two different ways for service providers. It's simply, it's a lot easier. It's let's put out the best content on, on, on the internet, on on Facebook, on YouTube that we can about how to start and grow a lawn care business. And uh, whether you use GreenPal or not, here's how we believe, mm -hmm. based on my, my, my experience of starting with zero and, and getting the eight figures in the industry, here's how you should start and grow and scale a landscaping business. And just putting that out for free, uh, it's kind of like honey for the platform. Um, you know, co contractors or aspiring contractors read it and like, hey, you know, this is really cool. Uh, yeah, I might as well try out this green pal thing. Maybe it's for me. Maybe it's not. And so we get 90% of our, of our new suppliers that way. And then, and then word of mouth. And then for consumers, we try to be everywhere. They're looking for lawn mowing services. Mm -hmm. So if they're on Google looking for lawn mowing service and, and you name your city in, in, the, in Lincoln, Nebraska, 
uh, we pop up as an option that that they can consider, and then we help match them with contractors in Lincoln, Nebraska that that want those services. Right. How many stories are you getting to tell right now of like your the woman you were talking about in Atlanta? How are you capturing those, and how are you getting those out? Well, one way is is we make it really dead easy for people to talk to us, and so uh, live chat in, in in every interface of of the app. <coughs> 1-800 number, phone number, what do you name it? We make it real easy and frictionless for consumers and contractors to, to talk to us. So we find out that way. But the other thing that we do is we have a support group on Facebook for all of the contractors that use the platform. So, so anybody that needs help with, Hey, how do I, how do I, how do I keep my customers coming back? Or mm. how do I win new business? You know, cause it's a competitive bidding system. You know, how do I, how do I bid and still stay, still stay profitable. And then also, celebrating like we had a we had a guy just uh just yesterday who was really gassed up because he had been in the business for four or five years and just couldn't get any traction you know couldn't get out of like 20 customers and now he you know his first year he has 100 and he was able to to invest the the, the money he made back into a better piece of equipment and you might mm -hmm. say oh okay that's great but no really that makes this guy's life better let me tell you why because let's say you got to mow 10 yards every day and you you got to walk behind mower. You got to push that mower every day. Life sucks, but now you've got a twenty thousand or eighteen thousand dollar lawnmower. Believe it or not, they they can cost that much. Yeah. And you ride. You literally ride. It's got a suspension seat, and uh, it's cushioned. And uh, you know you can just sit there and get the yards done in half the time. So now you can get home at three o'clock rather than eight o'clock, and spend time with your family. It's like mm. it's life changing. The difference in equipment is life changing at that level, and so. And so helping uh, people get to where they're trying to go in life is, is a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, I mean, if you kind of look at, if you had to kind of sit today and say, if I look over the next three to five years, being successful means X. What, what, how would you define that as you, as you sit where you are today looking forward? Yeah. For me at this stage of the game, <clears throat> built and sold a company. So it's not like I'm super rich or anything, but I don't have to, I don't have to like uh, worry about uh, uh, providing for myself based on my business. So, so, so what that means is, is that the business that I'm doing has to be something I'm enjoying. It has mm -hmm. to be something that I'm having fun in that, that I'm being challenged by. And that's what success is for me today. Now, am I sitting here saying that like, Oh, it doesn't, the money doesn't matter if we make money or not. No, because the money is the fuel for the business to get to where it's trying to go. We need to get to a million users. We have 300,000 now. Okay. The, the flywheel and the engine of growth to get there is the profit that our business makes. So we have to be profitable to the fullest extent uh, to, to drive the business forward. And so that's, that's how I look at it is, is uh, am I helping my team and, and people in, in, in my orbit get to where they're trying to go? Mm -hmm. Am I having fun doing it? And am I being challenged by it? And so long as I, as, I, as all those three, three things are true, then I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. Now, I think every business has three kind of phases. There's, the, there's a startup. It's like an idea. Oh, yeah. Uber for lawn care. There's the grow up. It's like, oh, we have a few thousand customers. We're making a little bit of money. Then there's the scale up. It's like, okay, now we got managers on managers, 100 plus people. Maybe we're raising capital. It's a real corporate thing. I'm pretty good at the first two. I don't know if I'm good at the third. 
And I'm kind of knocking on the door of the third right now. So we may find out I suck at it. And, and, and you know, a year from now, I may come back on the show and talk about how I sold this business. So we'll, yeah. we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Brad, this has been fantastic. Is there anything that I didn't get to ask you about that you wanted to make sure that you got to talk about today? Uh, nothing specifically, but one thing I, I, I will say is uh, a lot of times as, as founders, as, as, as new startup entrepreneurs, you can feel like you're too late to the game. Mm-hmm. You can feel like, oh, it's, it's left, left me behind. I'm too late, so I might as well not get started. And the reality is one thing I've learned in 20-something years is, is you're never too late. It always gets bigger. It always gets more interesting, especially now with technology driving uh, the, the opportunities in startup land is – is that it always gets bigger. It, it, you're not too late. Get in the game because only when you're in the game can you can you have a chance at winning. Mm, I love that. You got to be in. If you're not playing, you can't win. I love that. Uh, that's right. I love that. Brian, my last question is always the same as we kind of wrap up here. And in three generations, what do you hope that those that come behind you remember about you? Ooh, three generations. Okay, three. so that's, that's, a, that's a little while down the road, so I better I better uh, get on it, uh, making uh, some sort of impact. Uh, maybe it's like, oh, you know, the thing I, I always remember or knew about about Grandpa Clayton or Brian Clayton uh, was that, you know, he wasn't the smartest guy, but he really was a worker, and he really tried, he really tried to bring us all along with him because he did X, Y, and Z, Uncle so and so was able to start his car dealership, or mm. and then so and so was able to uh, start uh, their their construction business, and and uh, he really helped change the trajectory trajectory of our family tree and, and also the community that we live in. Like, if I could have that kind of legacy in two or three generations, that would be awesome. It's like you know yeah. because he was here, now we're able to do X, you know, and and uh, and if and be, and he also helped us understand that. That if he could do it, we could do it. You know, that's mm. that's one one legacy I'd like to leave behind. Fantastic. Brian, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, follow what you're doing. I think yourgreenpal.com is the website for GreenPal. What, a, what are other ways that people can kind of keep up with the things that you're doing and you've got your hands in right now? Yeah, you know, the best way to, to reach out to me is actually Instagram. I, I publish a lot of content there, you know, about what I'm up to and also business tips. You can find me at Brian M. Clayton. Just drop me a DM there. Awesome. Awesome. Brian, thank you so much for being on the show. It's fascinating. I love what you're doing, and I love the way that you're empowering uh, the small business owners out there. Thank you. Keep it up, and thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Eric. Have a good one. All right, you too. Everyone, thank you so much for being with us. Have a fantastic day. God bless you. Eric L. Dunavit here. Thank you so much for joining us for Redefining Success, the Kingdom Builder Spotlight. If you're a business owner or a family who is actively redefining success or have thoughts on kingdom impact or generational prosperity, and you would like to be a guest on the show, then I invite you to apply. Visit www.ericldunavit.com dot com slash podcast slash apply. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, I would love for you to share that either through text or social media. Take a screenshot of the show and share that and share what you learned 
if you know anyone that should be a guest on our show. We would also love for you to connect us to them. The best way to do that is to use hashtag Redefining Success. I love to read your thoughts and shares on social media, and we also are honored just to get any recommendations of people that you think we should be interviewing on the show. We are constantly adding new content, adding new podcasts. So first and foremost, I'm going to recommend that you subscribe so that you don't miss a thing. Also, you, all of your likes, your reviews, your shares, all of that makes a big difference to the show. So if you'll include those when you can, we definitely appreciate it. If you'd like to get in touch with me, visit www.ericl360.com and all of my connections to social and other ways to get in touch with me are there. This is Eric L. Donovan, the Mindset Disruption Strategist, signing off. Until next time.